بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحن نصلي على رسول الكريم ما بعد وعن ابي هريره رضي الله تعالى عنه ان رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال ما نقصت صدقه من مال وما زاد الله عبدا بعفو الا عزا وما تواضع احد لله الا رفعه الله رواه مسلم وعن انس رضي الله تعالى عنه انه مر على سبيان فيسلم عليهم وقال كان النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم يفعله متفق عليه this chapter that we are discussing deals with التواضع adopting humility وخفض جناح المؤمنين and lowering one's wings in other words, being humble and adopting leniency towards those believers whom we come into contact with. The narrator of the hadith is Abu Huraira radiallahu ta'ala anhu. And he says that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, This hadith which we are currently discussing passed in the previous chapter and Imam Nawi rahimahullah has once again mention the same hadith because of the last part of the hadith which is pertinent to the chapter that we are currently discussing. In this hadith, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentions three things. And in reality, such a hadith, ulama ikram explain, in this, Allah's sunnah is mentioned. And when it comes to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sunnat, Allah ta'ala tells us in the Qur'an, وَلَن تَجِدَ لِسُنَّةِ اللَّهِ تَبْدِيلًا وَلَن تَجِدَ لِسُنَّةِ اللَّهِ تَحْوِيلًا وَتَمَّتْ كَلِمَةُ رَبِّكَ صِدْقًا وَعَدَلًا لَا مُبَدِّلَ لِكَلِمَاتِهِ لَا تَبْدِيلَ لِكَلِمَاتِ اللَّهِ إِنَّهُ لَقَوْلٌ فَصْلٌ وَمَا هُوَ بِالْهَزَلٌ Allah never ever deviates from his sunnah. Allah never digresses from His sunnah. Allah's kalima, Allah's decree is complete. It has come to pass. Siddhqan wa adala. In it is complete truth and complete justice. The truth of Allah and the justice of Allah. وَمَنْ أَصْدَقُ مِنَ اللَّهِ قِيلًا وَمَنْ أَصْدَقُ مِنَ اللَّهِ حَدِيثًا And there is no one more truthful than Allah. Three things are mentioned in this hadith, which is Allah's sunnah. That if you will do any one of these three things, then Allah has taken upon Himself in exchange for that to give you a certain return or show you a certain result. Every one of us has this understanding that actions have consequences. If something is done, there will be a certain result or a certain effect on it. of it. We are brought up with this understanding. Do, do a certain good thing, and in exchange for that, you will receive something. But sometimes the actions or the choices a person has to make in life, outwardly, in the eyes of society, in the eyes of those we come into contact with, or based on our accepted norms and perceptions and understanding, it appears as what we are doing is not going to give us a good result we are going to incur some sort of a loss or some sort of a disgrace or there is a perception that 
it is not in my interest to do this. This hadith refers to three such things that outwardly it will appear that you have incurred some sort of, some sort of a loss. Outwardly it will appear that this may not be in your best interest. But Rasulullah sallallahu says that that Allah has taken upon himself that if you will do this, never mind what society is telling you, never mind what your own logic or understanding or perception may be telling you, never mind what other people's experience is, place your trust upon Allah that I, the Nabi of Allah Muhammad sallallahu is telling you that there will only be good and only be khair and only be benefit in this. Actions have a consequence. These particular actions, these choices that you will make in life, the return for it will always be good and benefit, beneficial to you. This is Allah's sunnah. Allah has taken upon himself. And Allah is not subject to the laws of society. Allah is not subject to the laws of science and physics also. There are no limitations on the qudrat and the power of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So what are these three things? Allah's Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the first thing, ma naqasad sadaqatun min mal. Human nature, I've mentioned this many, many times before, human nature has a proclivity, has a leaning towards what we call bakhili or miserliness. Human beings by nature, like this ulama ikram mentioned, they say, hame mal jama karna we know how to amass and gather and collect wealth. How to spend wealth we don't know. Naturally, human beings have this in them, this reticence when it comes to spending. We want to hold on to what we have. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands us in the Qur'an, we find also in the teachings of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that a human being is someone that is or shariat demands that you must be generous. You must be what is called sakhi. Because this quality of generosity is something that will create your love in the hearts of people. Quality of generosity is something that will bring people closer to you. In this work of Dawud and Tabligh also we find that generosity is a very, very effective tool which Rasulullah used to propagate Islam. So a da'i, one engaged in the work of deen, one who is propagating Islam, one who is inviting towards others, a da'i is a generous person. And coming back to the Qur'an, Allah Ta'ala speaks of infaq, spend. Ulama Ikram have enumerated, they say there are 82 places in the Qur'an. 82 times Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands you to spend. And we find that this infaq spending, what is very, very interesting, is we find that the Arabic language is not a restricted or a confined language like the English language. When we talk of spend, when you talk of infaq, there are two things a person can spend or utilize. One is wealth and the other is his physical self. Like ulama Kiram tell us, Awakabini tell us, Jan or Mal, Jan or Mal, life and wealth, life and wealth. And if you look at it logically, what is more important between life and wealth? 
Life is more important because if a person is not alive, if he doesn't have his life, then obviously he's not going to spend, he's not living. So logically, life is more important than wealth. Yet, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands you in the Qur'an, anfiqu, to make infaq, to spend, some places Allah uses the word jahidu, make jihad. Jihad also has connotations of sacrifice, giving it away, spending it in the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Qur'an, when Allah talks of spending and making infaq, making mujahada, bi amwalikum wa anfusikum. Bi amwalikum wa anfusikum. We find this repeated again, again, again and again in the Qur'an. Bi amwalikum wa anfusikum. Bi amwalikum wa anfusikum. With your wealth and your life. Technically, logically, this doesn't make sense. It should have been bi anfusikum wa amwalikum. It should have been your life and your wealth, not wealth and life. Life should have been mentioned first, then wealth. Ulama Kiram say, why does the Quran mention wealth first? Because human nature is such that his love for his wealth is more than his love for his life also. That is why for the sake of wealth, a man will give up his life person will sacrifice his respect to, he'll sacrifice his dignity, he'll give everything up. He'll sell his very soul for wealth. This is why Quran commands us first, amwalikum wa anfusikum. And when we talk of spending, when we talk of giving this up for Allah's sake, spending in the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, how important this is. How important this is, we see in one verse of the Qur'an. Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, لَن تَنَالُوا الْبِرِّ لَن تَنَالُوا الْبِرِّ This word لَن in Arabic, if you want understand it, understand it by way of an example. Sometimes when you want to emphasize something, you, tell, you want to tell, make somebody understand something, tell them, listen, bye. If you don't do this, you are not going to get that result. One time you tell the person sometimes maybe he doesn't understand. Listen, by forget about it. It's never ever going to happen unless you don't do this. This is lan in Arabic. So Allah says lan tanalul bir. Al bir means piety. It means Allah's kurb. It means becoming Allah's friend. It means becoming the beloved of Allah. It means getting the closeness of Allah. Allah says, لَن تَنَالُوا الْبِرِّ This, becoming Allah's friend, taqwa, piety, Allah's qurb, Allah's closeness. Forget about it, it is never going to happen. حَتَّى تُنْفِقُوا مِمَّا تُحِبُّونَ Until you don't spend in Allah's way that which you love. Till the wealth is not spent. Because the most beloved thing to each human being is his wealth. That is why Quran mentions wealth first, then life. So Allah Ta'ala says, till that which is beloved to you is not given in the way of Allah, is not spent in Allah's way, you will never find Allah. You want to find Allah, you want to get Allah's closeness, you want to get bir, you want to get qurb of Allah, closeness of Allah. This is why Rasulullah Sallallahu said, Ayyu da'in adwa min al-bukhl. He said, there is no sickness, there is no spiritual sickness that is worse than miserliness. 
There is no spiritual sickness that is worse than miserliness. Al-Bakhilu, Ba'idun min Allah, Ba'idun min al-Nas, Ba'idun min al-Jannah. He said a miserly person will be very far away from Allah. He will never become Allah's friend. He will never get Allah's closeness. Ba'idun min Allah. Ba'idun min al-Nas, he will never be close to the people also. His own family will hate him. That's why normally if you listen to some youngsters nowadays, especially from the wealthy or affluent families. Sometimes you find the patriarch of a family or the senior person of the family, sometimes with the best of intentions, he holds on to the wealth, doesn't release the purse strings. What happens? The younger generation, not understanding the motivation behind this, their animosity against that person increases. Why? Because he is not giving me access to the money, he's not giving me access to the wealth. Sometimes a person even says, Monana, make dua. Mawlana make dua, Allah Ta'ala have mercy on my parents. And what he means by this dua, Allah take my parents away. Why? Because they're not releasing the purse strings. They're not spending on us. In other words, the perception that we want access to the wealth. This is what, this is the doka and deception of dunya. And this is what Rasulullah tells us also, Al-Bakhil, Ba'idun min Allah. A person who is miserliness, he will be miserly, he will be very far from Allah. Ba'idun min al-Nas, he will be far from the people also. No one will love a miserly person. He will never be close to the people. And the greatest harm, one is far, far away from Allah and a direct consequence of that, Rasulullah said, Ba'idun min al-Jannah, he will be very far away from Jannah also. Be very far away from Jannat also. Not just any Jannat. Jannatul Firdos. That is why Rasulullah said, Innaha Jinan. He said, It's not one Jannat. It's not one Jannat. Innaha Jinan. It is many Jannats. In other words, many Darajat, many stages of Jannah. And he said, Wa innal Firdos al A'la. Wa innal Firdos al A'la. And of all the stages of Jannah, he said, the highest Jannat is Firdaus. And then Rasulullah said that in this department, in this department, in the desire for Jannat, here you must not be humble. Humility also, there's place for humility. There are circumstances for humility. When it comes to Jannat, very often, I'm digressing now, we give this example, sometimes you make somebody's tashkil, businessman's tashkil, what do you t- tell him, buy, you know what, get ready. So, obviously our tarteeb is we make tashkil for four months. You say, hey, hold on, Marana. four months, take it easy, let me start with three days. The big businessman, who's got a lot of courage, He's got guts when it comes to financial investment. He follows his instincts. Follows his in, he takes big, big risks. But when it comes to deen, mashallah, he becomes very humble. They say, you know what, I'm not prepared to go for four months. So much, let me start with three days. So very often I tell such business people that, you know what, I've yet to come across a businessman that when there's a million rand deal in front of him, he says, you know what, let me start with 100,000. A million is too much, take it easy. Let's start with a hundred thousand, we'll look at a million afterwards. This humbleness, this caution, this humility, 
Allah Ta'ala advises you that. Shariat advises you that. Not for deen, that's for dunya. For dunya you must be humble. For dunya you must be cautious. For dunya you must take it easy. You must start small. When it comes to deen, what example Quran gives us? وَمَا وَمَا ضَعُفُ وَمَا اسْتَكَانُ لِمَا أَصَابَهُمْ فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ The verse of the Quran وَمَا ضَعُفُ وَمَا اسْتَكَانُ Allah describes the Sahaba of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Then when it came to qurbani and sacrifice for deen وَمَا ضَعُفُ وَمَا اسْتَكَانُ They were never weak, they never held back and they were never complacent. 14-year-old youngster will stand on his toes at the time of Ukhad, stand on his toes so that Nabi Salaam thinks he is older than what he is to give him permission to go in the path of Allah. So when it came to matters of deen, they were ahead. Dunya, khuliqal insanu da'ifa. When it comes to dunya, we are told, khuliqal insanu da'ifa, you are very weak, take it easy, hold back. For deen, this is not what is advised. And when coming back, like I said, I was digressing. When it comes to jannat also, Nabi Salaam said, when you make dua for jannat, don't make dua for the small jannat. Salullah al-firdos. He said, make dua to Allah. Allah give you firdos, the highest jannat. And what is firdos? Khalaqa al-firdosa biyadihi. Khalaqa al-firdosa biyadihi. Three things. Everything else Allah created with His Amrikun, be and it became. وَمَا أَمْرُنَا إِلَّا كَلَمْحِ الْبَصَرِ أَوْ هُوَ أَقْرَبٌ إِنَّمَا أَمْرُهُ إِذَا أَرَادَ شَيْئًا أَنْ يَقُولَ لَهُ كُنْ فَيَكُونَ When Allah decides something, Allah says, be and it becomes. Ulama say, أَمْرُهُ بَيْنَ الْكَافِ وَالنُّونَ Allah is a face between the kaf and the noon. Not even necessary for Allah to say, be. Allah's face between the kaf and the noon. Not even necessary to say kun also. وَمَا أَمْرُنَا إِلَّا كَلَمْحِ الْبَصَرِ أَوْ هُوَ أَقْرَبُ Allah says, our decree is like the blinking of an eyelid. No, faster than that. Faster than that. For anything that Allah wanted to come into existence, Allah has to just decide it and it will come into existence. Whatever it is. Yet to make us understand the importance of three things hadith teaches us. That Rasulullah Wasallam said, Allah, everything else, Allah decreed it, it came into existence. But three things, Allah created with His own hands. And amongst these three things, Firdaus is one of them. This creating with His own hands is not like my and your understanding. Somebody goes like a carpenter, uses hands and tools. Allah is above all that. This is just to make us understand the importance of this creation of Allah. This is such a creation such a creation that the roof of Firdos, Saqfuha, the roof of Firdos, Arshur Rahman, is the Arsh of Allah. This is such a Jannat, this is such a Jannat, that according to the Hadith, in Allah Ta'ala, Yadkhulul Jannat al-Firdos, Fil Yawm Khamsa Marrat, Fayakul, Izdadi Tiban li Awliya'i, Izdadi Husnan li Awliya'i. Allah enters Firdaus every day five times. And Allah commands this Jannat become even more beautiful. 
Let your fragrance become better. Let your, let your pleasantness become better. Let your beauty become better. Let your, every aspect of you become better. How many times this is this happening? Five times every day. Scientists estimate, if you have to contextualize this hadith, scientists estimate the age of this universe is 14.7 billion years. Some say 16, some say 21 billion. The more cautious estimate, 14 to 15 billion years is the age of the universe. True or untrue, Allah knows best. But hypothetically, if you have to assume this is correct, that the universe is 14 billion years old. Allah created Jannat and Jahannam before the universe. So it means, according to this hadith, that five times every day, for the last 14 billion years, every day five times, this Jannat is getting more beautiful. The women of this Jannah. Today if you look at a, at a woman, mashallah, she'll sit in front of the mirror. Naturally she wants to look more attractive than what she is. So what does she have at her disposal? Maybe a few chemicals, in, in extreme cases, surgery, Botox surgery and this surgery and that surgery put a few chemicals, paint, go to a makeup artist. Whatever they have at their disposal, there is a cut-off point. If you put too much paint or too much makeup or try or exceed the boundary, then somebody will tell her who's got an interest at heart, listen, now you're looking ugly, you're overdoing it. In other words, there's a cut-off point. You can only make yourself that much beautiful. The women of this Jannat, every day, for the last 14 billion years, every day, five times, Allah is commanding they must get even more beautiful. More beautiful. The palace is more beautiful. The river is more beautiful. The fruits of this Jannat more beautiful. The bounties of this Jannat more attractive, more beautiful. And again, I'm digressing. Very often you give this example. You say, sometimes people say, you know, mashallah, Hilal Masjid, they got students program. Or there's ishtima taking place. But a lot of times you say, you know what? I'm going to attend. My friend was going. Somebody invited me. That's why I'm going. But I'm not tabligi. I'm not tabligi. I'm just going to listen to the bayan. You heard maybe some person, you heard Dr. Ashraf Muhammad, he's going to give the talk. Mashallah, he gives a lot of waqiyas in his talk. Out of curiosity, he's peaked. Let me go and listen to the talk. But I'm not tabligi. In other words, we don't like this nisbat, this link or this association. When it comes to the associations of dunya, we take pride on it. Like one of our Kabirin gives the example. He says, a man opens one shop, you call him a shopkeeper. Opens up a few shops, now you call him a shopkeeper, he gets upset. He says, I'm not a shopkeeper, I am a businessman. If he had one factory, they call him a factory owner. He has a few factories, you don't want, to, you, don't want you to call him now a factory owner. He says, I'm an industrialist. We take pride over, I belong to this club. I belong to that society. I am of this background. We take pride on what in reality is jifa, on a nisbat or association which is with a dead corpse. This world is a dead corpse. It's coming to an end. It is retrogressing. Every day the dunya doesn't get better, it gets worse. You don't get younger, you get older. You don't get healthier, you get more sick. You don't get stronger, you get weaker. Everything in life is going down. So anything associated with this world, you are associating yourself with something that is in decline. Jannat, 
Jannat, and then Firdaus, Abu Huraira radiallahu ta'ala says, Inna fi jannati adan, in Firdaus, there is one khur. There is one khur. Her name is Aina. What is her beauty? Lola, Anna Allaha Ta'ala Qadha, Li Ahlil Jannati, Alla Yamutu, Lamatu, Lamat, Min Husniha wa Jamaliha, Lamatu, Min Husniha wa Jamaliha. What is her beauty? Just this one expression will make us understand. Abu Huraira radiallahu ta'ala says, If Allah, if Allah had not decreed that it is impossible to die in Jannat, then the rush of ecstasy that the Jannati will experience when he sees Aina will cause him to die. His heart won't be able to bear it. Such a rush of ecstasy and excitement. But... Allah has decreed it is impossible to die in Jannat. Otherwise, just looking at Aina, they would have expired. They wouldn't have been able to bear the excitement. Like to, nowadays, youngsters, you know, when they, they get what we call eye candy, they get carried away by what they saw. Like someone asked me that, someone sent me a message the other day that, you know what, why do men prefer beauty to brains? Why do men prefer beauty to brains? So the answer was given, they can see better than they can think. Because we get, when it comes to associations in this world, we get carried away by the outside gloss and glamour. The fact that you have to live with her, she has to live with you. Like a lot of youngsters nowadays too. You tell them, you're looking for a partner, they say, you know what, my partner, I want blonde hair and green eyes and blue eyes and I don't know what and what. The skin must be like this. They say, Bhai, have you ever stood in front of a mirror? The blonde hair, hair and green eyes and green, blue eyes also want someone that looks like that too. Are you looking like that, that you want that? Because that's a separate topic. But the parents will give you advice. Why? Look for someone with akhlaq, with character. She has to be the mother of your children. She has to do the chores in the house. You have to be able to live with that person. That vase that looks very beautiful today, for every day is not going to look beautiful. Human nature is such, like the youngster will say when the parents gives him advice or gives her advice, this is not a good relationship, then what happens? He'll say, I'll die. I'm going to commit suicide. I must have her. Why? Because he's so carried away by what is outside. And then insists on having her. It's not a good relation. And then like one of our Kavirin says, he says, then they start courting, courting. Why, we can't just get married like that. We must court first. And that's why after they get married, because everything that's supposed to happen after they get married has already happened before they got married. The so-called good things. So when the marriage takes place, then the next thing is court, divorce court. Because we don't follow the procedure. We don't follow the talimat and teachings of Rasulullah sallallahu Nevertheless, coming back to what we were talking about, Abu Huraira radiallahu ta'ala who says, if Allah had not decreed that it was impossible to die in Jannah just looking at Aina, the Jannati would have died. What will be her pukar? What will be her incantation? It is said, Aina will come out of her palace. On her right hand side will be 70,000 servants. On her left hand side will be 70,000 servants. And what will be her call? Aina al amiruna bil ma'roof, wa nahuna anil munkar, inni likulliman amra bil ma'roof, wa nahana anil munkar. 
where are the people of Dawud and Tabligh of the Ummat of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa Where are the people of Dawud and Tabligh of the Ummat of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? Allah has promised me to every one of the people of Dawud and Tabligh of the Ummat of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa That is the value of this nisbat, this association with the work of Amr bin Ma'roof, with the work of Dawud and Tabligh, with the work of the fikr and concern of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Nevertheless, like I said, we digressed, coming back to what we were speaking about. Such a jannat, five times every day, is dadi tiban li awliya'i, is dadi husnan li awliya'i. And what is the harm of miserliness? What is the harm of miserliness? One is logical harm. One is logical harm. Allahu Akbar. Ulama explain it like this. They say if you cling and hold on to your dunya, if you cling and hold on to your dunya, what logically this doesn't make sense. Why? Because hisabuhu alayk. You will have to give hisab and reckoning before Allah for every penny that you earn. You will have to give the hisab and you held on to it, eventually you'll have to leave it behind, others will benefit from it. Amassing wealth, others will benefit because you worried about tomorrow, 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 the tomorrow never came, you went into your qabr, you'll have to give hisab for every cent that you earn and others will benefit, they will squander it after you. So ulama say that is the loss in this world. What is the loss in akhirat? Allah protect you, Allah protect me. Nabi Wasallam said, that Allah created Firdaus, the highest Jannah, and then Allah swore an oath and a qasam. وَعِزَّتِي وَجَلَالِي وَعِزَّتِي وَجَلَالِي لَا يُجَاوِزُنِي فِيكِ بَخِيلِ Allah looked at Firdaus and Allah addressed Firdaus and said, by the oath of my dignity and my honor, I will never allow a miserly person to enter you. A miserly person will never enter Firdaus. So coming back to this hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa human nature, proclivity is towards miserliness. You want Allah, you want Allah's closeness, you want to become beloved to the people, you want to be engaged in the work of Dawud and Tabligh, you want to bring people closer to Islam. Every one of these desires requires this quality, become generous, become generous, become generous. And what is the hadith teaching us? Why... Why do we shy away from spending? Because ash-shaytanu ya'idukumul faqr. Ash-shaytanu ya'idukumul faqr. Wa ya'murukum bil-fahsha. Allah says, shaytan will always place the fear in your heart that you're going to lose what you have. Shaytan, this is one of shaytan's tools to make you cling onto the dunya, chase after the dunya is what? Ya'idukumul faqr. You're going to become poor. You're going to become poor. You're going to become poor. You're going to lose what you have. You're going to lose what you have. وَيَأْمُرُكُمْ بِالْفَحْشَانِ And the second thing, time is limited. In fact, I've exceeded the time. The second tool of shaitan is fahsha, to make you shameless. To make you shameless. بِحَيَاءِ Shamelessness. We are living in a, in a culture, in a society of shamelessness. This boyfriend, girlfriend culture, this culture of intermingling, etc. This is something that is destroying our deen, destroying our iman, destroying our akhirat. That's a separate topic. These are, these are two very effective tools of shaitan. And what is the inference in this? You will get close to shaitan. You will become the friend of shaitan. You will become the enemy of Rahman if you go towards these two things. One is miserliness. 
in inference of this verse, and secondly, behayai, shamelessness. So shaitan creates this fear of loss. What does Allah teach us? What does the Quran teach us? What does the hadith of Rasulullah Sallallahu teach us? وَمَا أَنْفَقْتُمْ مِنْ شَيْءٍ فَهُوَ يُخْلِفُ وَمَا أَنْفَقْتُمْ مِنْ شَيْءٍ فَهُوَ يُخْلِفُ This is Kalamullah. This is Kalamullah and this is Haq. وَبِالْحَقِّ أَنْزَلْنَا وَبِالْحَقِّ نَزَلْ Allah says, whatever you spend, whatever you spend in the way of Allah, فَهُوَ يُخْلِفُ Allah is going to give it back to you. You will never lose it. You will never lose it. مَنْ ذَا الَّذِي يُقْرِضُ اللَّهَ قَرْضًا حَسَنًا فَيُضَاعِفَهُ لَهُ أَضْعَافًا كَثِيرًا Allah says, whatever you spend in my way, فَيُضَاعِفَهُ I will not just give it back to you, I will multiply it exponentially and give it back to you. And this hadith of Rasulullah sallam. مَا نَقَصَدْ صَدَقَةٌ مِّنْ مَال Never mind what your eyes are telling you. If you had hundred and you gave ten away in sadaqah, if you had hundred and you gave ten away in sadaqah, your eyes, society, your bank manager, your computer, everything is going to tell you that hundred became ninety, so it got less. Hundred became ninety, so it got less. Muhammad says to you that the hundred increased. مَا نَقَصَدْ مَالُ عَبْدٍ مِنْ He said the wealth of no man, the wealth of no man diminished through charity. No one ever became poor through charity. Why? Because Allah takes upon Himself. This is Allah's sunnah that He will give it back to you. He will give it back to you in barakah in this world. Because quantity, ulama say, is kamiyat and kafiyat. Kamiyat is literal counting. Kafiyat is the overall impression of something. Maybe in literal quantity, literal counting it got less, but in its kafiyat, in its manner, in its overall presentation, it has increased. Because Allah has taken upon Himself to increase that. Sahaba had this conviction. I'm going to terminate on just one incident. Once there was drought in Medina Munawwara, When there is drought, obviously there is a paucity of goods. There's goods that are lacking in the marketplace. Sometimes people nowadays, mashallah, so-called astute businessmen, they will actually take commodities that they know are going to become short and hoard it in a warehouse to push the price up. This is not the culture and mizaj of Islamic business. In any case, there was no goods in the marketplace because there was drought. Then the caravan of Sayyidina Usman radiallahu ta'ala and 1,000 camels laden with goods arrives in the marketplace. So all the wholesalers of Medina gather, auction, bartering is taking place. Usman, whatever you paid, someone says, I'll give you 10% profit. Someone said 20%, someone said 30%, someone said 40%, someone said 50%. Like that they started bartering with so much profit, so much profit. So each time Sayyidina Usman radiallahu ta'ala said, I've got a better offer. I've got a better offer. In other words can't accept your price. Eventually they got frustrated. Osman, every time we are, whatever we are offering, you say you got a better offer. What offer did you get? He said, the offer I have got is that whatever I spend, ten times I'm going to get returned. Thousand percent profit. So they said, that we can't match, but who gave you this offer? 
So he said, my Allah has said in the Quran, man ja'a bil hasanati falahu ashru amthaliha. Allah says, give me one and I'll give you minimum ten. There is drought in Medina, I make every one of you a witness that the entire, this entire shipment of mine, one thousand camels laden with goods is sadaqah on the poor of Medina. That, that night, Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu anhu sees a dream, he sees Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, if you make ziyarat, Allah bless us with that. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Man ra'ani fil manami faqad ra'ani fa'inna shaytana la yatamathalu fi surati. He said, anyone who has seen me in a dream has definitely seen me. Because shaitan cannot take my form. So Abdullah bin Masood radiallahu anhu sees Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa dressed up. The beauty of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa we can't even imagine. And now dressed up, how beautiful, how attractive he must have been. Amama on his forehead, driving a white, riding a white horse. Abdullah bin Masood, and yet Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa he sees him. And the love Sahaba had for Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa he wants to spend time with him in his dream. Yet Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is in a hurry. Ya Rasulullah, where are you going? Spend longer with me. He's begging. Where are you going? So what does Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam say? In recognition of the sadaqah of Usman of today, Allah has made his nikah with one of the hoors of Jannat. And all the anbiya have been invited to the walima of that nikah. So ma naqasat malu abdim min sadaqah. Become generous, spend in the way of Allah. In dunya you won't lose. Because Allah has taken upon Himself, like my Nabi Islam said, Anfiq yunfaq alayk. Spend, Allah will spend on you. Spend, Allah will spend on you. In fact, your wealth will be protected, not lost by spending in the way of Allah. Spending in the correct channels, Allah will give it back to you. In dunya also, and in akhirat, we cannot even imagine what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give. If we will learn, imbibe within ourselves, this is why we encourage, go out in the path of Allah. Use your own wealth, use your own time, spend, spend, drive yourself towards generosity in the way of Allah, spend upon the needy, spend upon the poor, spend in the way of Allah. This is something that will bring you closer to Allah and His Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And this, these, but these qualities have to be learned and they can't be learned sitting at home. They will be learned when we will give qurbani and sacrifice like Rasulullah Sallallahu put Sahaba Ikram upon qurbani and sacrifice. All of us will try, inshallah.